everyone. Welcome to the Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver podcast. We're happy you're here. On the podcast, we're certain that you'll relate to the caregiver stories and find comfort with your honorary sisters. Now, before we start, I want to remind you to go to our website, confessionsofareluctantcaregiver.com and sign up for our newsletter. It's full of useful information that you can immediately use. Now, let's learn more about today's guest. Well, good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Emily was just talking about her private summer that she's having, Jay. I, I know. <laughs> We're in the Bust summer. Me we busted her out. <laughs> Of, of menopause, yes. Oh, oh, oh. It's happening, people. It's happening. Uh, yeah. Confessions well, I, of a reluctant caregiver, and now we're on... Uh, we're when on, menopause uh, hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, and she's the baby. I mean, uh-huh. we're just sitting right in, but this, is, this, this show is not about Emily's private summer. It is about <laughs> caregiving, but all, I think a good number of our listeners can absolutely relate. Um, so... <laughs> You know what, Jay, I am so excited because we have a very awesome guest today. We do. Yes, we do. And um, you talk about a wealth of experience and a total sister in care. Like she is totally a sister for us. Everybody's a sister, but Debbie is especially a sister because she's got some pretty strong lived experience, but she also has a loved one who um, had Parkinson's as well. And yeah. Oh, Lord, Debbie, we can relate to that. I know. So, JJ, I know. I, I'd love for you to tell us about Debbie. Well, you know, this is an interesting title I've given Debbie. She's an accomplished caregiver. <laughs> so, Ooh, an accomplished. <laughs> you should get an award mm-hmm. for that, Debbie. Season. She is a certified caregiving consultant. She's a certified caregiver advocate. She's an educator for the Alzheimer's Association. She's a speaker and she's an author of nine books because obviously she just said, I just don't have anything else to do, but in our free time, I know, mm-hmm. but to our listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, who are out there in the trenches, Debbie has some experience in caregiving. She's a three-time caregiver for parents and in-laws with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and vascular dementia. And today she is working her way through end-of-life hospice care with her mom. Now, like most of us, of course, she was working full time and her stories of trying to balance it all from her dad taking her mom's medicines Mm. to her mother-in-law locking herself out of the house in a snowstorm in Colorado for eight hours. Um, These are the things that we Mm. just, you can't make up in caregiving. Debbie, we are so happy to have you here. I always love you so much. Thank you. So I do too. I do too. I clap silently. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I just love you guys. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jay. I can. Oh no. So I, I'm excited for us to. <clears throat> excuse me. I got a frog in my throat today. Somebody needs um, some water. <laughs> I got it. Um, so <laughs> your stories, like they, you have all of those elements of caregiving, but then with yours, you have that mixture. You immediately say, there's this funny in there. And I feel like that's the way you kind of survive. So tell us, as Natalie says, okay, you were born and then you were working during all of this caregiving. So tell us a little bit about this background and then how it all started. Yeah. Well, I was working in training and development and having a great time leading a team traveling nationwide, which then became the problem because I would travel a lot of times Tuesday through Thursday, 
which became a little difficult to do when you've got parents with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and vascular dementia. Yeah. Mom was high functioning, so she did she did really well. Uh, she's the vascular dementia part, mm-hmm. and uh, so I would fix all the medications for the week and have them laid out and yeah, I mean, in their little boxes and all this kind of good stuff. And they're clearly labeled with whose medicines is whose, which didn't help. Cause funny story in that my mother's initials spell dad, it's Dorothy and Demos. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dad look mom's pills because it said dad. That well, is the I dad. Mean, honestly, that he gets it on us. Let me ask you this though, before we get into dad, dad, literally acronym. So I want to go back. How many up there are you siblings? So there's your mom and your dad in this story. Like who is your first caregiver, but that you're caring for, like, where does it, it thrusts you in first? Is it your mom? My mom. And then do you have siblings? I do. I have an older brother who's 18 months older than me. I have a sister who's two years younger than me and then a brother who's 14 months younger than her. Okay. So does, so you all are stair-stepped. We are, we're all super close, but my sister lives in North Carolina. I live in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. along with my younger brother now, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And my other brother lives in just three and a half hours away. So where did your parents live? Uh, my parents lived three and a half hours away, but I moved them three three miles from me oh, when wow. things started to get bad. And my dad would not move in with me. He was very strong-willed, very oh, stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So he wanted his own house, his own independence. So I found him a place three miles from me so that I could run over in the mornings, fix all the medications and things check on them at lunch, you know, when I was in town and do all that. So that was the only way that I could keep that juggling for quite a while Mm. until I reached out to my brother who lived in Florida and said, I got to have some help because when my Mm mother-in-law, you know, developed Alzheimer's too, it was like, okay, this is overload. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of people that you're caring for. So let's start in order. Let's say, yes. who was the first that you Mama. cared for? Okay. So your mother mm-hmm. was first and she had vascular dementia. Bill does. 22 well, that's right, years. Oh, mm. okay. so your mom is your mom. And so how old is your mom now? If you don't mind me asking. She is 87. Mm-hmm. Mom is 87. And she's had it for 22 years. I'm doing the math on my piece of paper yep. right now. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. 65. So yes. they lived three and a half hours away in Oklahoma. And is that right? Oklahoma? They lived in Arkansas and I moved them to Oklahoma with me. Okay. So she gets diagnosed and how long does she have, how long is it that they are living independently until you have the conversation to move them closer to you? Well, she wasn't diagnosed at that point, Mm -hmm. but she was having noticeable problems and we knew things were wrong. We knew things were not right. And, uh, and that's where the laughter comes in. You know, dad went to the pharmacy to pick up his prescriptions and mom was just completely angry and furious because he and his little compression socks. And she felt like he was flirting with the little 22 year old girl behind the counter. Oh, wow. <laughs> so your like, dad was a look mom. <laughs> yeah. But during all this time, you're still, so the, this is kind of the beginning of it. During yes. all this time, you're still working. And now do oh, yeah. you have a family of your own? Are you? Oh, 
Because coincidentally, I do. Oh, wow. (laughs) I have four children. And um, at that point, I just had a couple of grandchildren. Now I have a collection of eight, which is amazing. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. So I always tell people, you know, if you don't kill your kids when they're a teenager, you'll get blessed with grandchildren. (laughs) Yes, I love that. (laughs) That's what Em's waiting on. So your mom has started to have her symptoms. Your dad is flirting at the pharmacy. We understand that. So how long before you, you're traveling and Mm -hmm. you say to yourself, and I'm assuming that your siblings, you all are all in this discussion of maybe it's Mm -hmm. time to move mom and dad closer. Like, what did that look like? Where was, what kind of prompted that, Debbie? Well, um, correct, because I'm closer to it and I'm the relationship person. I'm mm-hmm. the in tune to what's happening with uh, people's feelings and and what's really going on, so to speak. My older brother can tell you every car, make and model that they drive. I have not a clue, mm-hmm. but so we all have our different specialties. Right. And so I was talking to the others saying, there's a problem here something's wrong. And, and my dad even recognized that things were happening, but he was so strong willed that I would have no chance against him myself because I'm just a girl. I needed my brothers. He listens to men, listened to men more than women. So I, yeah. So but my brothers thankfully listened to me. I'm, I'm tough. So (laughs) I'm mighty. That's right. You will hear me. So I I got them on board to help me so that they had their own private discussions with dad about the benefit of moving closer. So between us, we were able to talk him into, you know, moving closer so that I could help with mom. So you moved them, you said about a mile away, a couple of miles away? Three, three miles away. Yep. Okay. So that was the compromise with your parents. Yes. To... You'll move closer, but you'll still have your independence because they're in their 60s. And they're like, we're not, I, I yeah. can see your dad saying hard no, uh, young exactly. person, adult child, <laughs> but he, exactly. he works, adult child. And because we know how our mom is. Our mom is very much like, thank you, adult children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But back off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, so how long, so your mom is, uh, starts showing signs at 65. So does it go on for a couple of years or is it a window of time before you had moved them? Um, it probably went on for about a year. Okay. So With, not terrible. Because but... we, because we had to establish a consistency in behavior because people want to say it's a fluke. It's a one of, you know, we love denial because mm-hmm. denial, yeah. um, you know, if it's not really happening, then we don't have to do anything. It's easier. And and that's kind of harsh, but bottom line, that's that's what happens a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my brother, I got to say, my younger brother was incredible in this because uh, after, after me taking care of mom and dad for a um, couple of years, I was like, I can't, I, I got to have help. I can't do, I can't juggle everything at once. And he was running a very successful construction company in Florida. God bless him. He sold his company nice. and moved wow. moved to Oklahoma because we were at a point now where we knew dad was having a lot of issues. So yeah. what was the sign? Because he had, your dad had, was diagnosed with 
Parkinson's, yeah. but he did not mm-hmm. have a diagnosis at this time. We just knew things were not right. He was par- paranoia, you know, starting to do a lot of odd things that were not in his normal behavior mm-hmm. and getting lost. And and he had always been super great at devotion, at uh, directions and things. And so, you know, when they, because uh, we, we bought dad a cell phone and we thought, okay, you know, we can call him. We can find out where he's at. We can find out what's going on. No, not my dad. He bought, he told me straight out, I have this cell phone for my convenience. I turn it off until I want to talk to someone. If I want to talk to you, I will turn it on and call you. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you talk about the like, non-compliant, like <laughs> not, not even compliant. <laughs> Not a team player. <laughs> Not a team player. He was a leader all the way. And what he said goes. And we were raised that way. And mm-hmm. if he says it, it's gospel. And if you question it, you are in trouble. Yes. Because, you know, he, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't grow up in the participation trophy era. Era. Mm-hmm. I grew up mm-hmm. in you work hard, you earn it. And even if it's a uh, SWAT, you're going to get it. Yeah. Was your dad military by chance? <laughs> Yes, he was. Imagine that. Oh, that was so weird that he was military. He loves structure and discipline, and and he's very headstrong. So he's a veteran. So he's he's retired oh, yes. military. This all makes sense now. Uh, to our Me? military friends, we love you because honestly, I should have been in the military as well. I could have I done well. Structure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, you know. <laughs> the Debbie during that time, are you <clears throat> you you've started taking care of them? Your brother's moving home. You still have your kids and your grandkids, all this, this fantastic family is everybody mm-hmm. like, are your grandparents, are the grandparents coming in? Are you guys integrating? Are Ooh, you just question. making it all work together or are you running ragged? I mean, how are you feeling? Um, feeling a little ragged, um, okay. mainly, mainly between work and, mm-hmm. and them because as you, time. yes, full time. Full time, and that's not a full forty-hour full time. This no. is like a sixty-hour mm-hmm. full time. Right. Uh, you know, you get a phone call, and you're on the coast that Dad took Mom's pills, and he's nearly comatose. You can't get there right away because I'm in Oklahoma. I'm in California. It doesn't work. Then I was on the other coast, and Mom passed out at the Daily Living Center. I had to be rushed to the hospital. I can't get there. And uh, and my and then I, I was in Colorado, and my mother-in-law lives a couple of hours, lived a couple of hours from us in Oklahoma. And that's where she got locked out of her house in a little bitty town called Pawnee, Oklahoma. But uh, she'd known her neighbors for over 40 years, yet she did not have the mental clarity to walk next door and ask one of them if she could come in, if she could use the phone, nothing. She got in her car and sat in her car for seven or eight hours till her daughter got home from work. So that was a huge red flag for her, but that happened later. That didn't happen at, at this point yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. You're caring for your mom and your dad at this point. They're Correct. in their later sixties, I'm assuming. Um, right. And when your dad gets, starts showing the first signs of his, his own illness. Um, mm-hmm. And so you are you kind of integrating them in that's kind of what JJ was saying. Are you how often are you visiting? And here's my question Is your how, how's that relationship with your husband? How is this affecting? How is caregiving affecting? Because is he jumping in or is this really just oh, you're shaking your head? No, I love um, that hands off husband. Hands, <laughs> yeah, is he also like, your, your chicken? <laughs> you decided to yes. move him here, your yep. biscuit. 
So what yep. was that conversation like when you said, I want to move mom and dad closer? And he's like, that's a bad idea. He's like, well, if that's what you want to do, it's going to be more on you. But, mm. you know, um, if that's what you want to do to help your parents. So it was very much me. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it was my folks. So I'm like, okay, you know, I get that. And so I was going over, you know, first every couple of days. And then it got to where it was worse. And so anytime I was in town, I was going over to help them, but I was still gone a lot of times, Tuesday through Thursday. So that meant just Monday and Friday and then the weekends. And uh, so I started searching for other opportunities for them. And I found a senior center, which I uh, took them to. My dad hated it. He didn't like it at all. You know, of course not. (laughs) No, it's just a bunch of old people there. He doesn't belong there. So what our mom uh, said, I don't, I don't belong here. There's just old people here. Yeah. Really yeah I know it's, it's like, they don't have a mirror in the house. Uh, so, but yeah, so I found another one and got them to go over there and he kind of clicked with a little guy there. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so they went there for a little while because the daily living center would come and pick them up take them over to the daily living center, keep them until about three in the afternoon and then bring them back home. So I'm like, this is amazing. So that worked for a little while. And my mom loved it because she is a people person. She's a social butterfly. She loves being around people. Dad, on the other hand, I mean, did I mention he was a preacher? So he was a, (laughs) he was a a bivocational pastor. So, I mean, he was, He's used to being in charge. And so it's, it was like a, a perfect storm, Debbie. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. It's, it's like what so much else? fun. Family dynamics. God bless your mom. No wonder she was so thing. So here's a question though, from a financial standpoint, because this is like, I feel like a good Southerner, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about the finances, but I'm going to talk about the finances. So okay. were your parents in a place set where financially, like, cause I don't think insurance play, pays for adult programming. And the fact that the program also offered transportation, that's a win because it allows you as the, as the caregiver or care partner, whatever you want to call it, you're, you're their right. person. Um, right. So did they have the resources for them to age? If that makes sense. Well, my dad had made lots of plans for the future and he was as I say, insurance broke. He had mm. four different companies to cover so that he could stay at home so that he could age in place. Wow. Um, like what, like what kind of, you said four different, like what kind, what does that look like? Cause I don't, I don't know what that would different look like. Companies, different companies. Right. But what yeah. are the kinds of policies that he put in place at the time? Cause this has been a minute ago. Yeah, uh, this was like one that would pay for nurses or whatever you needed mm-hmm. to come to your home and help take care of you. Mm-hmm. And and then the second one was if you just needed housework and general things like that to be able to come to the house mm. and help you. The third one was a duplicate on the nurses, I guess, just in case the first one didn't work out. I mean, they were just... Yeah, yeah. So they, he had all these policies, which were great when he was making a lot of money running his construction company and preaching. Yeah. But then when he had to stop doing that, then he retired, then your money drastically reduces and he couldn't wow. afford all these policies. 
So, so then you You pay all those policies and the time that you really need them. If you stop all this money, you've never even used the benefit at all. Right. That's exactly what happened. It's a travesty. I hate it. But that, and then we also had a banker who kind of took advantage of him too, because he had rent houses that he owned him owned. And when I went to sell them, I found out that the banker the year before had talked him into putting them all on one note to make it easier for him to pay the payments. Well, that meant I couldn't sell the houses one at a time. I had to sell all of them, Mm. which is extremely difficult to do. And it was just, it was heartbreaking because he had done so much preparation and none of it was coming to fruition at all. And he thought he he was doing Mm. what he was doing right. Oh, yeah, that hurts my heart yeah. for your dad, and I like him already because he's kind of hateful. So he's he's feisty. He's strong. Well, <laughs> yeah, what? He's not hateful. He's strong. No, no, no. He's strong-willed. strong-willed. He's very strong-willed. He's always right. I mean, you know, if you don't believe him, just ask him. Yeah, so. I support that. You know, I strongly <laughs> believe in my own opinion. JJ, I'll tell you, she does as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, and I do too. Yeah. So don't we all? Yeah. You're you've got them. They're going to the daily living center somewhere in this mix. I I feel like your dad, actually, because I know right now your mom is actually your mom is your father's past, but your your mom is actually the first one that was diagnosed in your life. She's still alive. You're going through that end stage hospice, but your dad progresses. So at some point, do they move out of the home into Mm. another facility? Do you have to take them back? And then when is it that your mother-in-law comes into the situation of you being oh. long distance care there? Because okay. there's a lot well, more in this picture. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh goodness. No girl. He is not moving in with anybody. He is independent to the end. He yeah. is, uh, he doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need any help. He's yeah. fully self-sufficient just because there are aliens digging a tunnel from his mailbox up into his house. does not mean that there's an issue, you know? And so, and, and add to that, he's taking a ball bat, beating the aliens, which happened to be sitting in mom's recliner, which, excuse me, terrified me because what if mom had been in her recliner? So yeah, it was terrifying. So we had to figure out a way to make that work because he was not going to cooperate. That's where my brother came in. I talked to him about it. He sold his business in Florida. Instead of immediately building his house here, which was his plan, I talked him into asking mom and dad if he could live in their guest room, because then it's dad helping my brother. It's not my brother helping dad. You guys are good. That's good. This young brother is a saint. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I like how you all, the four of you, are coordinating. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, we have to do that with our mom at sometimes. It's like, okay, yes. who's got this angle? Who does this angle? Who does he listen yes. to? Or for our mom, who does she listen to the most depending on the topic? Correct. That is exactly the way that we do it. And I I love my siblings. They are amazing. We all work together very well. And I'm I'm the power. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm the power of attorney. Yeah. And so, uh, and that's for everything. And so I discuss issues with them when there are big issues, but they fully support me 100%. They're like, hey, you're on the ground. You see it. 
And, and sometimes, especially early on, they would give different perspectives and we would discuss it and talk about it. So they were just a complete godsend to me. It was, it was wonderful. But um, so Mitch, my younger brother, moved in with mom and dad. And that helped dramatically because he and his wife, they also had jobs and they're working, but they could handle the evenings. And so they were there taking care of the evenings and first thing in the morning. So that eased my responsibilities. And it, I still did all the medication, all the doctor's appointments, all the, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because dad also then started developing macular degeneration. So he's losing his eyesight as well. Yeah. I hear you say <clears throat> responsibilities, but I also, we have some people that are afraid to use that word burden, but, and you never, you don't want to look at it that way, but it sounds like, I mean, you've got a lot on you. And I know that puts, you know, if he and his wife are there and they're working, it's not something I'm assuming that you didn't plan on having to take this on Debbie. It wasn't, was it a no. bucket list item is what we say? No. I was going to retire at my job. I loved my job. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it got to the point where I just couldn't do everything anymore. And I had to choose yeah. between basically between my job or my parents. And I'm never mm-hmm. going to choose a job over my parents. They they raised me, they took care of me, they, you know, they sacrificed for me. What kind of person would I be if I couldn't sacrifice for them? Well. I got some chills on me there because you have this amazing heart, which I loved about you from the first time that we met. So you you leave your job uh, to kind of, because it becomes impossible for you to do. Still married, still have kids, still have grandkids. Correct. Yes. Well, and, and <laughs> honestly, still have your husband because I'm not going to lie to you. If, I'd probably kill mine if, I, if he didn't help just a teeny bit. <laughs> well, well, I felt like, I felt like they were my parents, you know, yeah. it was my responsibility and he's working as well. And um, if I can say this, I mean, I handle stress better than he does. That's uh, good. We, we all have our strengths. We, we have do. Strengths. Yeah, we all have our strengths. We, we definitely do. Hey ladies, I need to interrupt for just a second to share about the sisterhood membership. It's basically a sale every day. And the best part, it's free. Here's the details. We're partnering with our friends at Benefit Hub and other care partners to save you money. With over 200,000 participating companies across the U.S. and abroad, you'll find discounts at your favorite local stores, huge savings on vacations, amazing deals on home, auto, and supplemental insurances, and everything in between. Go to confessionsofareluctantcaregiver.com to sign up, and then definitely tell your friends about it. They can join too. Trust me, there's a discount for everyone. And don't forget, it's free. Okay, back to confessing. So you have, how did it feel, I guess, for you? We've had another guest who we talked to, Christina Keys, mm-hmm. who ended up, she had to step away from her career to take care of her mom. How? I mean, after all those years and you had climbed the ladder, what, yeah. what did that feel like? Heartbreaking. It it kind of felt like the death of a dream. Yeah, it felt it, it was not fun. Yeah. That uh, that was very difficult because I loved my team. I had hired all of them. I had nurtured them. I was developing them into leaders. I was watching them get promoted through the ranks. All of that brought me great joy, and it was very hard. But 
you know, it. I can see where God used it for good. I am a Christian. Uh, that's the only way I got through caregiving. I don't feel, I don't understand how anybody gets through caregiving that is not a Christian, but I mean, good for you, but I didn't have it in me to survive it. I would not have survived it alone. I got through it because of the encouragement that the scripture gives me, because I would be scrubbing that bathroom toilet for the third time that day, you know, and not the toilet. I'm talking the floor, the wall, everything, crying and reminding myself, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Jesus. Just say I can do all things. All things. Clean this toilet. You You know, when you can really incorporate the scripture into cleaning urine, because trust me, I get it. I mean, honestly, I will also say with getting through the journey with Jason, and, and it's funny, it's like, it's not like getting through sounds like, oh, I got through this, this, it, it was hard. It is a, it it, is. the mountain is the appropriate picture. Had I not had yes. God and Emily and JJ, there's a handful of friends who I would just cry to like a good yes. so- solid snot sandwich. And like, I can't do this. Emily's like, Natalie, yes, you can. And I'm like, I want to leave. I have a, I have a little fun question. So Emily's go-to, she sends us the podcast or our Mm. morning message. And that comes from Emily. Who's your favorite? Oh, we, I love me some Joel Osteen. Oh, we love you, Joel Osteen. (laughs) Jesus and Joel. Yeah, honestly, it is Jesus and Joel. And the third J is the, is our Aunt Jane. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Trinity for us is the three J's. Debbie, do you have a favorite that, you know, in addition to the scripture that you were like, Hey, this is a motivational source for me that I go to somebody that you listen to. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think back, you know, at that particular point, I, I love K love radio because it's positive, Mm -hmm. inspiring messages. We love K love radio. We We sing. Yes. (laughs) It's so good. We love K-Love. Exactly. Because it's because when you're singing praises, you can't help but get happier. Yeah. It brightens your mood. It lifts your spirit. And that's what I always tell my kids when you're down, put on some Christian music. Put on and now there were times also when I'm rocking out to the 70s and 80s stuff. Good to know. I gotta tell you Uh, right now. We would like to say thank you, Carrie Underwood, for Jesus Take the Wheel. Because I (laughs) sang that. The majority of the time. <laughs> oh, I'm I am all journey. Don't stop believing. <laughs> yes. I, yes, I will tell you. I love that. My favorite. That's our mom because our mom was young, and so I grew up listening to that. But you're exactly right, Debbie. I started my morning off with reading the devotional. Emily would send me a Joel podcast that was her favorite that she had listened to because I didn't have time or the mental bandwidth, and she would just she always sent me the right one. And I would listen to music and sing every morning before Jason got up. And while he was in his treatments, I would listen to Christian music because you're exactly right. It is the scripture in, and and the Lord tells us to sing his praise. Exactly. Make a joyful noise too. You don't have to sing on key. Well, Jason, I don't make a joyful noise at times. (laughs) So your dad never, he never left home. No. Um, he he stayed no. in, and I hear the 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 uh, psychosis level of his Parkinson's, and we've dealt with that with mom, where the hallucinations and things like that. But you were you were able to get, I guess, care to come in and help your brother and yep. your your sister in law. So 
you progress through that. Where does your your mother-in-law, I know that you've also dealt with Alzheimer's, dementia there with her, and then your mom, she, I know she has advanced, but she's still, you all are still communicating, you know. Yeah, she's um, she was still pretty high functioning at that point. Uh, my sister in law took over the cooking because that got a little scary. You know how that goes. But we mm-hmm. moved her. I moved her to microwave meals for lunch or else, which is not the healthiest. Sorry, health food people. Okay. But uh, sandwiches, whatever you know that we would fix ahead of time so that she didn't cook. And then on the days that they would go to the daily living center, they provide a hot lunch there, so we didn't Excellent. have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So it it worked out really well. The difference is too, I wanted to point out, dad knew something was wrong and it stressed him out. Oh. He he had done construction. He literally, this is a true story. I walked around the house with him. Uh, this was pre-Parkinson's with a yellow legal tablet. He's measuring the house he, because he did siding. And so he's measuring the house. He's calling out dimensions to me. It's so many feet wide and so many feet high and all this kind of stuff. I'm writing all these numbers down. We go around the whole house and he says, okay, now add all those numbers up. So I've got my calculator and I'm sitting here, well, on my phone, but anyway, so I'm sitting here punching in all these numbers, adding it up. And he tells me the total before I can even finish ringing it up. Mm -hmm. Sharp brain, sharp Mm -hmm. with numbers, had the numbers. And he told me, this broke my heart. He was um, probably two or three years into the diagnosis. And he said, I can't even add two and two anymore. This is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. This needs to be fixed because he has that mentality. And I do too. If there's a problem, then we just need to figure out a way to fix it. Yeah. And um, there's always a way to fix it. We just may not know what it is at the moment. And so he was stressed out. He was concerned, which I later learned after I got my certifications and everything, that that makes the disease progress faster. Yes. My my mother, on the other hand, is blissfully unaware that there's anything in the world wrong with her. I literally had her in a doctor's office. I handed her a magazine because you got to keep her occupied, right? And so she's reading the, the magazine. I didn't look at the magazine. That's on me. Article that she flips it open to is 10 ways to know if you have dementia. I'm going, oh my gosh. Oh, yes. She's reading it out loud to everyone waiting in the doctor's office. (laughs) And I'm over here going, oh God, help me. Please, please give me words to say. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if she's going to start crying. I don't know if she's going to scream. I have no clue what to expect, but help me to deal with it in a good manner. She finishes reading it. She folds the magazine on her lap. She doesn't say anything. And I'm like, oh boy, what's happening? What's happening? So I said, um, Mom, what'd you think about that? And she said, Well, thank God I don't have it. <laughs> and everybody started laughing because they'd already heard our conversations repeat, repeat, repeat. They knew she had it. <laughs> That's everything. That honestly, you go, how long does your dad ultimately end up having Parkinson's before he passes? Seven years, beginning to end. Wow. Seven years. And so it's, so did, when you switched your jobs, you said you had to give up your job. Did you find another job or did you, did your parents become your full-time job? My parents became my full-time job. And how did that Mm -hmm. impact your family financially? Oh man, we took a big hit 
a huge hit um, because I was making a good salary more than the husband. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to have anybody. him listen. He's not going to listen to this podcast. I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. Jason yeah. doesn't oh. listen either. Don't worry about it. So anyway, um, yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. And we had to make a lot of adjustments. And so now I'm doing more of the things uh, at home, too, that I wouldn't have necessarily had to do before. But I do now because there's, you know, it's on it's on me to take care of it. And I'm trying to cook more for mom and dad and get them to more appointments because dad is very angry at the optometrist because they don't know what they're doing because they make him glasses and the glasses last for about a month and then he can't see again. So he has to have more glasses and the optometrist is saying it's not going to help. You have macular degeneration and dad doesn't believe a word. The guy's saying wants to go to another guy. Wow. And so it was just, oh, it was a circus. And uh, so all this is going on. And while all this stuff is happening, my mother-in-law is starting to um, get a little worse. So we figured out a solution there because she was living a couple hours away from us with her daughter in her house, but her daughter worked really long hours. And so my mother-in-law was home most of the day by herself. And my sister-in-law would call angry because she didn't take her pills, you know, and I told her to take her pills and she didn't take them. And she, she didn't even use the microwave right. And she forgot how to do the washer, all this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to, you know, have her do the things you initially do, make a list, you know, put it on the washing machine. This is how you operate the washing machine step-by-step. So that helped for a little while. And this is the way you use the microwave. And that helped for a little while and post it right on, on the microwave. This is how you operate it step-by-step. So that helped for a while, but then it didn't as, as the disease progresses. Mm -hmm. And so I'm fortunate enough that I have a niece who is a CNA. So the niece then knows all this stuff is going on and here's the despair in my voice and, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do and everyone else. And so she moved in with them to, to live with them. Wow. So I'm like, this is amazing. But then she takes a job and the job is at the nursing home. So she's gone. And you're like, okay. Well, that didn't work, you know. I mean, it it kind of did. Let's have a, a hot minute for here. Okay. This is your mother-in-law. So In-law. technically, this falls mm. under your husband's responsibility if we were playing that game. So oh, you mean was... my husband that has four siblings? Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, that one. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about like, you sort of got ropeyed in on this one, not only from your husband, because I'm assuming that he's still working. And so he doesn't really have time for this. And since you're home and you're not really doing anything, exactly. <laughs> not, no, no sarcasm, not really doing oh, anything with your own parents yeah. that you mm-hmm. volunteered to do. And then his siblings are like, well, she's at home. She can do it. She's already taken care of her own parents. What's one more? You're a professional now. You're a professional. I mean, you've got yeah. all these skills. Caregiver, well, well, I can handle it so much better. And, okay. and I know how to deal with it better. And besides, they have lives. Well, they do. It's <laughs> a good way. They <laughs> Look at Emily. Lives. She's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you this. How long did that go on? I'm I'm just thinking I'm mindful of our, our time because I want to make sure that yeah. we get everything in for you because I want to hit back on your mom because you're actively caring for her now. So how like you're taking care of your mother-in-law from a long distance because she doesn't live close by. What right. ultimately happened with that? Um, they couldn't get along. They were all they all started fighting. 
And um, because the sister-in-law didn't understand the disease, would argue with my mother-in-law, stress out my mother-in-law. They would call me on the phone, both of them angry and crying. And, and so I'm negotiating long distance between them and trying to get them to understand the other one's point of view, which, you know, how well does it go when you're trying mm-hmm. to talk sense to someone with Alzheimer's? Not well. No, not going well. <laughs> it goes badly. Exactly. It's just, it doesn't work well. So it was extremely stressful. And so finally you get to the point where you're like, you know what? Fine. Move her in with us. Oh gosh, I'm so worried. You should have put her in with your your parents because honestly, they could have all lived blissfully together. Well, yeah, but my folks didn't have another room. I mean, you got my brother and sister in law living in the guest Mm -hmm. room. So, oh, for goodness' sake! Oh, wow, you moved her with you. You moved your husband's mom in with you because you're the primary caregiver. Correct. Correct. But I'm not the POA. Because that oh. would have made life easy. Oh, easier. That's not fair. That was the hardest part of the entire thing because the sister who couldn't deal with her anymore was the POA. And so I was trying to get her extra benefits and trying to get her on Medicaid, which she qualified for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had to have the sister sign all the papers. And so I would fill out, you know, that long book of papers that you got to fill out. That's right. And I FedEx it to her. And she doesn't get it done in time and doesn't get it back to me in time. So it expires. So you have to start all over again. Yeah. That was mm. so stressful. Very, mm. very stressful. But, and then, and my dad passed away just like really shortly after my mother-in-law moved in with me and um, he passed away in his home holding my mother's hand. So that was, that was wonderful. How long have they been married, Debbie? I'm just curious. Oh, 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 I knew that. Um, 60 years. Yeah. Wow. 60, mm-hmm. 62, I think yeah. it was 62 years. Over yeah. 60 years. You know, and wow. your dad mm-hmm. did exactly what he wanted. He wanted he did. to age in place. Yeah. He did not want to go to a nursing home. And I, I think it would have, I think, I think for your dad, it would have hastened his, yes. his death yeah. had mm-hmm. he gone into school. Yes. Well, plus he would have been so angry at us. Oh yeah. yeah. It just, no, think, it yeah. just was not worth it. It was, he was, you know, I mean, it was enough of a challenge. You have to, you have to know your person. And that's what I always tell my caregivers. The best thing that you can do is know your person, learn their likes and dislikes, whether that's food, movies, TV, music, the whole bit, you need to know them. And so when my dad needed to stop driving, but he was determined he was going to drive and I told him I'd be the chauffeur and all that kind of stuff. It didn't work out. Um, you know, I took, I, disabled some stuff on the car. Well, he's a mechanic. So we went back out and fix, fixed it, drove again. And, and so then <laughs> I pulled everything. the little, yeah, I pulled the thing on the garage door so that when you push the button, the garage door won't go up and down. That worked for like 10 days, but then he figured that out and fixed it. So finally I found this family, this lady who had four children and no car. And I'm like, dad, they need a car because I know his servant heart. And I know Mm. he deeply cares about people. So I said, she doesn't have a car. I don't know what she's going to do. And he said, four kids, she's got to have a car. And I said, I know, dad, but she can't afford one. And he said, well, you know what? Give her my car. So I said, okay. Mm. So we gave the car. And, you know, there's times when you, it's funny, people always think about manipulation as a bad thing. And the thing is, is you just maneuvered. 
You maneuvered your dad to keep him safe and allow him to do something good, which is what his heart is to do something good for someone else. And so I like that you did. And I love that. I think that's the kindest thing that you did for him is you allowed him to feel purposeful and filled. And so ultimately you allowed him to make the decision. That's how we all kind of help and maneuver, you know, our parents or anyone that's ill. We want them to make the decision themselves. Yes, we always need to be respectful of them. We have yeah. we have to respect them and respect their decisions, yeah. respect where they came from. Just because they have this disease doesn't mean that they stop being who they are. Mm. And and so I get I get offended when I see people treating someone poorly who has dementia and they're like, "Well, she's just being so difficult." No, she's not. She's having a difficult time you know, walk a mile in her shoes. How frustrating would it be when you can't say the words that you're trying to say, when when you can't do the things that you're trying to do? So it's it's all about empathy. If you walk a mile in their shoes, you'll understand. So, yeah, I completely agree. Wow, that's wisdom right there, Debbie. You know, that is wisdom. And I think that's uh, that's definitely something we just, I'm going to just like push that out to the world. Because I'm like, I think, I think that's so important. I, I will tell you, I know we're getting close on our time. There's one more question before we go to sister questions that we hit on. You're still working with your mom and your mom. Does your mom live independently? Does she live with you? Does she, is she in skilled nursing? Where's she at right now? I I had to put her in memory care, which broke my heart. Mm -hmm. I felt like I let my mother down because I cared for dad till he passed in his home. I cared for my mother-in-law till she passed in my home. Mm -hmm. And here I had to put my dear sweet mom in memory care. I felt horrific. I literally sat in the parking lot and cried in front of the facility that I was going to take her into. But God, it turned out to be a huge blessing. She loved it. She actually blossomed because she had other people to talk to. There were activities going on. There were things happening. And remember, I told you she's a social butterfly. I never would have predicted that. I never would have seen that. But she just loved it. And she did fantastic for for a long time. Now we're, you know, we're at the at, at the end of life hospice. And uh, but you can still communicate with them. And I try to tell folks to stop focusing on what they cannot do. Focus on what they still can. My mom doesn't always recognize me. That broke my heart. But I remembered the words that I had said to other people. And it was like, oh, okay. now I got to walk the talk. Mom still loves me. She just doesn't. She's confused about the connection, but she still loves me. She still gives me great hugs. And even though she can barely speak now, I'll sit in front of her and make crazy faces and we just laugh and have the best time. And I'll put on Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire or Elvis Presley, and we will dance. She can dance. And, you know, there there's proof that music therapy works. And after we do music therapy and we dance with the and that's just a big word for put on some music and dance. Have fun. Have a good time. She is more clear for about 15 minutes after we do that. So it's a blessing to me as well. Yeah. I love that. How often now does, is your mom close by? How often do you see her? Yeah, she is. Um, uh, probably about three times a week. I go over and visit with her and uh, help her eat and, you know, see what's going on, make sure she's well. And I have a camera in her room to make sure too. They're fantastic people. I love them. Check, but verify, you know, trust, but verify. There it is. I agree with you, Debbie. Very similar to our friend Doreen. 
Um, it, she's very similar. She, uh, and visiting her mom and, and providing the extra supports. All right. I'm going to transition us because I have to get the sister questions in. And this is our favorite part, but okay. I love your story. I th- can't thank you enough for, for sharing so much with us, but I, here's the sister questions. Okay. And so I always start with the baby. So Emily, what is your question for Miss Debbie? Oh, Miss Debbie, I know during my journey to caring for my mom, my sisters were long distance. My kids were, of course, still here local in Tennessee. Did they help you like in a support system kind of way um, with your with their grandparents? Like, how did you see that kind of evolve, if any? I my siblings are fantastic. We um, we download the app U Version Bible app and we do devotions together in the morning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. I have called them all, crying sometimes, sometimes yelling, venting, whatever it whatever it needs to be. And they have always been wonderful to listen to me, to be supportive, to offer words of encouragement. They're the best. I am just I'm I'm so blessed because that. Like my sister in North Carolina, that's the best thing that she can do for me is to listen to me and then bring some calm. You know, it's going to be okay. It's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my brother, uh, my older brother is a preacher. So he hits me between the eyes sometimes with, (laughs) with the, are you doing this? uh, Who are you doing this for? Are you working for God or man? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, Hang up. <laughs> Every you know, know. Like the, you know what? Every one of them has their job, their purpose. Yes. They yep. they each yes. have and Emily and JJ and I are the same way. We all know what each of us are meant to do. Yes. Yeah. And my brother Mitch does not question me. I call him and I say, I need you to get to my house now. He leaves his job and he will be at my house helping me because he knows I wouldn't say that if I didn't have an emergency. And what had happened was mom mm. had passed out and I couldn't lift her. And so he gets here and he does it, whatever it is. He's, he's, he's the baby. He's awesome. I love it. <laughs> oh, so you and Emily, did, You're welcome, Emily. Emily would, would align. The babies. Jay, yes. what is your question? So Debbie, I want to make sure that everyone knows and we'll have it in the show notes, but you have a, you have created these amazing resources. First of all, we'll definitely get the purple vine out there because it's a, it's a support resource. It's a website, but there's so much more to it, but you have nine books, two of them, which I am just enthralled with, and they are color me calm. And then faith lives here. Can you tell me about those? Because they're not just a book. No, 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 they're not. Uh, every book that I created, I created because of family. Right. And I created those coloring books because I was at the Daily Living Center with mom coloring and she colored a dog blue and this lady yelled at her. And immediately I was upset, but then I had to check myself. She's This other lady is at a Daily Living Center, probably has some things going on of her own. Yeah. So my problem solving skills kick in. Okay, I can't always be here. I need to fix this problem for my mom. So I learned how to create mandalas on the computer, which are just designs, Mm. patterns. Mm -hmm. And so I created Color Me Calm. And all it is, is a pattern. So you can color it any color you want. And there is no right or wrong. I love it. And then I got this really cool program and learned how to put words on top. Mm -hmm. And since scripture brings calm to us and then encouraging phrases. So I put those and made a bunch more mandalas. And put inspirational quotes and things on top of the mandala 
And so mom would read that at the Daily Living Center out loud. So everyone hears Jesus loves you. You know, everyone hears I can do this, whatever it is, whatever the quote is. And yeah. so it blesses all those around her as well, because she'll read it like 30 times while she's coloring the page. <laughs> So these are just so you know, these are super cool coloring books, everybody. Books. So even as an adult, I love to color. So they are yeah. very, it's very therapeutic. Cool. It they is are. very calming for caregivers as well. Right. Helps your brain to just relax and calm down. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I um I have one last question. I have 60 seconds. Go. What is your favorite guilty pleasure? What do you do just for you? Soak in a hot tub. I love oh. to garden as well, though. But I love to garden too because I go out. That is my peace and calm. And I see, I see new life. I see new growth and fresh things in the garden. So, so in the winter time, it's the hot tub, and in the summertime, it's gardening. Oh. <laughs> Debbie, we are intertwined. We are. <laughs> Debbie, when oh. is your birthday? Is it what, what month? January twenty fifth. Okay, January twenty fifth. So you're, you're Sagittarius or Pisces? Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Emily is. What are is, you? I'm the Pisces. I'm the fish. So you're like yeah. my mama. My mama's <laughs> love, fish. I love a good hot tub. <laughs> well, guys, I, I would love to sit here and talk more about baths because Emily sends us photos yesterday, even that she was like, after trying on her outfits for a wedding, she sent us, she was like, it's time to relax. And it was her feet outside of the bathtub, but we have to go. <laughs> that's your takeaway if you take nothing else away but just know there's so many good nuggets debbie thank you so much for being with us we appreciate you more than you know thank you so much for having me i you guys are doing such a great work and the world needs more of it so keep going god bless thank you thanks (laughs) Thanks. until you until we confess again thanks everybody we'll see you next time bye-bye bye Well, friends, that's a wrap on this week's confession. Again, thank you so much for listening. But before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review and tell your friends about the Confessions podcast. Don't forget to visit our website to sign up for our newsletter. You'll also find the video recording of all of our episodes on the Confessions website and our YouTube channel. Don't worry, all the details are included in the show notes below. We'll see you next Tuesday when we come together to confess again. Till then, take care of you. Okay, let's talk disclaimers. You may be surprised to find out, but we are not medical professionals and are not providing any medical advice. If you have any medical questions, we recommend that you talk with a medical professional of your choice. As always, my sisters and I at Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver have taken care in selecting the speakers, but the opinions of our speakers are theirs alone. The views and opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and no part can be reproduced without the express written consent of the Sisterhood of Care, LLC. Thank you for listening to the Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver podcast.